Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Book. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. In this episode, I talked to Kate Hoyle, a remarkable clinical hypnotherapist and advanced rapid transformational therapist. Kate's expertise lies in supporting teenagers who grapple with anxiety and low self-esteem, drawing from her own personal journey of navigating her daughter's mental health challenges. Throughout our conversation today, we'll explore the profound impact mental health issues can have on individuals and their loved ones. Kate will share her unique perspective and shed light on how her personal experiences inspired her to embark on her journey. So we'll start off with who are you and what is it that you do? Okay, I'm Kate Hoyle of Kate Hoyle Hypnotherapy, which gives you a clue. about. <laughs> so um, I've had a sort of career of two halves in a way. I've, my background is corporate, M&A, investor relations, marketing events. Then I moved to do finance in a school to fit around the kids. And then I had a complete turnaround and retrained, trained as a hypnotherapist. Um, do quite a lot of work around helping people with weight issues, addiction. Uh, but my real passion is working with teenagers, young adults, sort of between the age of 15 to 25 um, and supporting their parents as well. Brilliant. So what made you change? What made you have the, the sudden? I think I was ready. I was ready to do something different. Um, I'd helped out with both of my parents with end of life care. So I'd, I'd had a, an enforced career break and I was very much thinking, what shall I do next? Um, and then the real catalyst of where I went was my daughter was diagnosed with uh, clinical depression and anxiety aged only 12. And we'd been under CAMS for years. I'd taken her to every type of therapy I could think of. Um, and then I came across somebody called Marissa Peer. And I liked the way she was talking about, you know, you don't want therapy to be endless. You want to get in there. You want to sort it. You want to sort of set the person free. And I thought, well, I like this woman. And it was really because I was looking for the treatment for my daughter found somebody she had an rtt session that stands for rapid transformational therapy which is what marissa teaches and it was the only thing that helped her and i was so blown away that i decided to go and train so i was trained i'm very lucky i was i was trained personally by marissa who is just an incredible person and that decided that that was it that was it for me and absolutely not look back love what i do absolutely love what i do so how long have you been into uh, being a hypnotherapist so i've had my own practice since may 2018 cool so before covid yes yes yay <laughs> did, did you have to do a lot of stuff over zoom then with covid yes. I uh, keep going luckily i was already used to doing that because i do international work anyway and obviously that's all on zoom so it wasn't that was new to me and amazingly hypnotherapy has the same results in person as on zoom and that was a bit of a surprise to me as well when i first learned that but yeah so i i work around the world and then it just meant that some people obviously want to see you face to face and that i mean my business took a hit that's for sure right i was down on 
the number of people I saw. And it was, it was quite extraordinary. I'd had the best month I'd ever had on the February. And then the weekend that everyone was kind of told, no, this is really serious. And we're looking at a lockdown. The phone just stopped ringing. I mean, it was extraordinary. Just overnight, just when? Pretty much. And I think people were just nervous about what was going to happen. Nobody was booking anything. And I thought, oh, what can I do? You know, and I'd heard this phrase about when times get tough, serve. And it kind of struck a chord with me. And I thought, well, what can I do? And I thought, well, actually, I have a skill set, you know, that can help. So I set up a private Facebook group. And it was all around um, boosting your immune system, you know, anxiety, stress, all the rest of it. And worked really hard on that, actually. And that, that kept me going and um, made new connections. And I think it was about keeping myself visible. So I felt like I was helping, but also keeping visible as well. And I'm glad to say that things now are back. So during your career, have you either positively or negatively experienced something because you're a woman yes yeah, interesting and I was reflecting back on that and I say in my corporate life um it, I've always been in very male dominated professions so finance law treasury and you have to fight harder as a woman you know mm. there there were definitely those stereotypes um and it was interesting because back back then it was a lot about mimicking men so if you wanted to join in that world, you mimicked the men. But I think now there's more of an appreciation of those female traits and what they can bring. So, you know. Would that work? Would that work? Mimicking the men? Would, you, would that work like completely? Or would you think, would you say even just mimicking only helped you a little bit better with getting into the in crowd? Yeah, it wouldn't be enough on its own. Yeah. But, but, but equally, you know, I've always worked with people I like and respect. And if you were good at your job, you know, at the end of the day, that was the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, which I'm, I'm very pleased about. And now as a therapist, probably a woman is more favorable. Um, there, there are some brilliant male therapists and some people, particularly men, want to see a male therapist. But I'd say most therapists are female and I'd, I, I think it's an advantage then. I've talked to a few different therapists. So like I have, all my lives, they're a different career, mm. but they're in like in different ways. So there's yeah. a few holistic people yeah. I've spoken to that have done the things. And they all seem to say the same thing, that while they're in corporate, it was all male dominated. Some would look after you like a father figure some wouldn't take you seriously because you were a woman and then they've all had career changes and gone for more the health and well-being way and they've all said that that is female dominated but they do tend to get male clients would you say that you have more male or more female clients it's really interesting because i am very much 50 50. right and i think it's because i mean i've always been really comfortable in male company and I think that's probably is the vibe you give out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and actually, I love working with men because there are those stereotypes and they've been stuck with a certain way they're supposed to behave or the way they can act. And that it's, the, it's so liberating for them to deal with issues. So, yeah, I mean, I've, 
maybe it's slightly more females but when I looked back uh, last time I looked back it was about 50-50 which I'm really pleased about because it means men are becoming more open to therapy which is really important it is good because I do think that um even with both female and men some a friend of mine said something I can't remember what it was about an attitude or something that her parent had and I just had to say, well, that's the time that they grew up. You know how we've shifted? So it's like, that's what they believe. Yeah. And even now, I still think that men are still expected to not show emotion, which I think is wrong. Yeah. Um, I've got, as you know, I've got two boys. Mm. And my eldest boy, I would say, is very in touch with his emotion. Mm. Uh, that doesn't mean, obviously, that he, you know, he blurts things out. He just understands. Yeah. So he can sense when other people, he's always the friend because he can sense and he's a really good listener. Going back to your business, so you said you're shifting into more of parents and teenagers. Now, you know this is a passion of mine. Yeah. So tell people, what is your new shift? Okay, so when we were going through, I mean, some real crisis times, quite frankly, with our daughter, we, we've been through some really, really tough times. And what I found was, you know, she would go into a therapy session when we were with CAMS. And, you know, if we could get her there, that's another story. But anyway, in she'd go, she'd come out again. She wouldn't really communicate with me. The counsellor or psychotherapist would just be like booking the next appointment. And I'm like, what now? You know, I, apart from those 40 minutes, I am her main caregiver. 24 hours seven <laughs> and what am I supposed to do for the next seven days and I didn't even feel like I needed the support for me although I, I did I wanted to know how to support her mm -hmm. and I feel so strongly about this because you're just left and you know you're not the expert in this field and I didn't know where to turn to and I didn't know that, where, that I'd said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing until I'd done it. Yeah. And be like, oh, you know. Um, so I'm really, really passionate about helping the parents to help the children. Because the more you can understand, the big breakthrough for me was understanding the world more through her eyes. And then when I got that, it meant I could help her so much more. So I really want to help the parents, you know, emotional support when they need it, they need a place to vent, whatever, but also just to empower them to realize that they're a really key part of the child's recovery and progress and just help them to do that. See, I think that's brilliant because obviously we've had conversations mm -hmm. and I agree in the fact that I, I described it as when people have just had babies, they have a brilliant support network. Even if they don't have their own family, they have midwives, they have health visitors, and they don't, they don't do anything. Well, of course they do do things in particular, but they even have like these clinics where they bring new mums together so that other new mums can say, that's normal. Yes. Don't worry about it, that's okay. Or give advice because women helping other women, which is why I started these lives, yeah. um, is really powerful, as Julie would say as well. Um, then you go into toddlers. So then you start going to toddler groups, mm -hmm. where again, you're tired. And 
it's I'm not trying to say that people openly complain about their children, but they get ideas of I, I never heard of slap cheek until I went to a toddler group and found out what slap cheek is in toddlers. So you know, nobody yeah. had warned me of these things because yeah. when you've got a toddler, you're not on the computer searching for what do you, what viruses might come yeah. along. Yeah, yeah. So other people tell you in that group. When you go to primary school, you then have the PTA, you have the playground, you have all that that you can start talking. Then you go to secondary school, year seven, maybe mm. you might meet up with other parents because it's their first year. By year eight, you don't know who your kid's hanging around with. Well, you do, but you're not involved. You know, they're coming home from school. You're getting grunts because you're asking them what you need to know. You find out letters haven't turned up because yeah. they're still in the bag. But you've got no one to talk to but the school. But then you feel guilty because obviously the teachers are busy doing a job. Um, there are some resources for children which get less and less as they become adults. Yeah. But there's nothing for the parents. The, the practical, this is how you're supposed to teach maths. But like you say, there's nothing like, again, you can look on the internet, but if you don't know what you're looking for, exactly. there's no start to it. So I found, you know, I love my boys, but I've always been very vocal. And I find that you get to a certain age and people don't want to admit that they're having a hard time no. because they don't want to come across as a bad parent. Oh. When I believe that only as long as you're not extreme, mm. you're not a bad parent. You just don't know. It's like you've more or less been thrown into the water. You can't swim and you've got no armbands. And all you want is someone to give you an armband. Exactly. So as we were talking, I don't think that I can, that we, we couldn't think of any in life, real life service like yours. Mm. where parents could come and talk to they it's it is towards the kids which is obviously that's what we want we want our kids to yeah. be happy. Uh, and if we find out exactly what our kids are diagnosed with mm. we can research but when they're struggling and they're not talking to you mm. it's fine to talk to like a therapist but like you say a little bit of guideline even like five or ten minutes with the parent to check are you doing okay mm. because sometimes teenagers it can just break you Oh, I mean, the nights I've sobbed and also heartbroken for her. Like I used to go, why? Why does she have to go through this? You know, and you just feel so alone, so absolutely alone, which is, you know, if I can support one person going through this. And also just from what I've gone through, I needed people in my life. And funny enough, it was the people within education and, and I've done a video about this, which I'm going to post later, saying it's okay. They don't have to do that part of education at the same time as everyone else. Education can around the child. It can be delayed. It can be spread. And that was just such a huge thing for me because they have to, because it has to cater for the masses. It has to cater for the majority. And I get that. But there has to be enough of a voice to say it's okay if you don't fit in with that timetable. You know, yeah. you can do it later. You can go to university anytime you want. And uh, and again, it, it, it's comparison. Like I, I, everyone else is talking about how's your child doing and how many GCSEs are they doing and when are they taking their A levels? Are they going to university? And I would feel like on the sidelines, like. I don't really have anything to say at this point because 
we had no idea if she'd ever take exams. Yeah. Turned out she's been amazing. It's taken her a bit longer, but she's now in the second year. See, I agree with the whole education system in the fact that my example is my younger son. He, um, he didn't fit into the streams of English, maths and history. But all that was available in school was uh, mechanic, hairdresser or construction. Yes. He doesn't want to be in construction. He definitely doesn't want to be a hairdresser. And um, he wasn't interested in cars at the time. So there was nothing for him to do. So he ended up forced being staying in school until 18, doing bricklaying, even though he doesn't want to be a bricklayer. So it's wasted two years of his life. He could have just gone out and got a job, which is what he wanted to do. He's a hard worker and he's got a brilliant work ethic, but he wasn't able to do that because he had to follow the system. Hi, I initially began these interviews in March 2021 to coincide with International Women's Day. Through my business, Busy Bee Virtual Assistants, I had been introduced to so many women who had diversified their careers, created their own businesses, and had become more successful in their own rights. My name is Erin, and I founded Busy Bee Virtual and Social Media Assistant Service in the beginning of the global pandemic, June 2020. I had recently had to change my career due to a disability, and I had to give up the idea of conventional working. So I sat and I made a list of what skill sets I had, and from that, Busy Bee was born. So how I help my clients is, they have a friendly, dedicated and professional partner in their corner. That's the essence of what I wanted Busy Bee to be. I'm the perfect fit for you if you are a creative freelancer, small business or entrepreneur, and you're getting overwhelmed by the myriad of tasks that you are facing daily. We've all been there, haven't we? Struggling with emails, customer service, website management, and that social media upkeep. My service swoops in to take these tasks right out of your hands, allowing you to concentrate on what you truly love. If you'd like to work with me, head over to my website and press contact. Now let's continue. What advice would you, um, I would say, would you give to other people that want to start hypnotherapy businesses? But at the same time, I'd like to know what advice would you give? I've got a ream of them for you. You're, you're multifaceted. Uh, advice for a parent yes. struggling with a child that is going through what your daughter went through. Uh-huh. Advice for anybody that's starting a hypnotherapy business. Okay. So advice, I don't know if I think it's fading out on the screen. Um, so advice for parents. Um, know that there is light at the end of the tunnel it may not be a quick fix but the more you can try and understand life from your child's point of view the more you will be able to help them and you have to look after yourself it's the hardest thing to do we always like put our kids first we always put almost everyone else first but you have to stay, you have to, even if it's just five minutes a day, you have to be able to take care of you so that you can take care of them. It's the old thing about, you know, put the, ga- put the gas mask, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others. Um, but yeah, so that would be my biggest uh, piece of advice is really try and talk to them. You know, they might not want to talk, but be available when they do want to talk. Um, uh, so that would be my, I guess my number one advice for a parent and, and to seek help, 
you know, from wherever you can. They're, we've got to get over the shame. Like you said before, you sometimes don't want to admit because there's something about if your child is struggling with their mental health, it's somehow something that you've done as a parent. Well, you wouldn't yeah. feel like that if they had an illness, you know, <laughs> you would just know that you needed to get them help. So it's the same thing. And, and the more conversations we can have like that, the more it helps everybody. Um, somebody going into a hypnotherapy business, I'd say, you know, you've got to love people. You've got to really like people and want to work with people all the time. I think the, the biggest shock for me is that we just want to be therapists. We want to do the thing. We want to help people. We just want that stream of people coming in so we can help them. And you do get a lot of referrals. But I didn't realize how much marks, mask, marketing you have to do. And that can be a bit tricky because you're kind of marketing yourself. Mm. But somebody summed that up really well recently when they said, when you've got your own business, you're not just doing the thing. You now have a business marketing the thing you do. And if, if you can't get your head around that, then you have to go and work for somebody else. It know. is really hard being a solopreneur, as you call and, it. And it's, it's like you've got to find time to do your own marketing. Absolutely. If you're busy doing clients. Exactly. And, and you have to be prepared for that, you know, because there's no point being the best therapist in the world if, if nobody knows that you're there. Absolutely. Who's been your inspiration in life? Oh, my goodness. I've had so many. I'd say if I had to really narrow it down, I'd say my kids. My kids have gone through extraordinary things and they're always teaching me something new and they always keep me going. Well, it's been brilliant to chat. Yes. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, search Kate Hoyle Hypnotherapy and you'll find me somewhere. Brilliant. Thanks for chatting to oh, me. Thanks, Eric. Lovely chatting to you. Thank you. Thank See you. you. Bye. Bye.